listening to First Church Charlotte. Today, what a blessing they've already been. And now, the man himself. Would you make him welcome? Praise the Lord, everybody. Let's give that hand clap to the Lord. Well, it's such a joy to be in the house of the Lord with you today. See all these wonderful faces and hands lifted and hearts opened. Just give honor to Brother and Sister Elms, of course, Mom and Dad, my sweet wife and daughter got to come to be with us today. Actually, she was supposed to speak in my absence in Greensboro. I think she was ready. (laughs) I'm telling you what, if you've got a spouse that's on fire for God, you got a good thing. Don't do anything to put that fire out. But the lure of family is greater sometimes, and it's been a while since we've gotten to come as a group, as a family. It's always great to spend time with Brother and Sister Elms and, of course, Nathan and Charla. They're getting some R&R, and everybody needs to do that sometimes. Buddy Durant, me and him had an animal contest yesterday. I went head to head with the old boy till I couldn't think of no more poisonous snakes. Psalm 84. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Turn to your door, turn to your door, turn to your neighbor and say, be a doorkeeper. I want to preach on being a doorkeeper today. Precious God, in the lovely name of Jesus, we ask you for your spirit to move upon us as we have gathered here in your name. Feast upon your word, in the lovely name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. You may be seated. Welcome to his courts. Enter into his courts. Come on and into his gates with praise. You haven't really come to church, and neither has church come to you, till you've set everything aside. That means returning your phone calls. That means planning what you're going to have for lunch. And said, I'm going to take a time out to shout. I'm going to take a minute to praise the Lord. Does anybody still believe God's worthy of praise? And so... um, I want to, I want to, um, I want to hope to get you to aspire to get to the getting in place. That I want to be a doorkeeper and I want you to be a doorkeeper because that is the access point where we encounter God. 
And what would church really be if there was no God encounter? If we only could realize that God is more anxious to come to us than we are to come to him. History is an unfolding story of God's desire to connect with humankind. And so we're at the meeting place this morning. And I want to be a doorkeeper. Because unto of God, when God makes an entrance into this house, I feel like God is going to make a magnificent entrance into this house. Does anybody aspire to be one of the ones, uh, amen, against whom the presence of God brushes and the power of God sweeps? I don't know what your childhood punishments looked like, so I'll tell you about some of mine. When I used to get in trouble, I'd hear things like this. Go to bed early. Or, you're going to stay inside the house all day today. Or, get over there and take your nap, boy. And I got to thinking... Man, my childhood punishments have become my adult rewards. <laughs> Some of you are going to fight for your afternoon nap sometime today. You challenge the devil. You'd face down a roaring lion. That's one of the things you work all week to be qualified to be able to do. But if, but if, our, if our childhood punishments can become our adult rewards, what if our, in the Holy Ghost some of our, child, our childhood blessings have become some of our adult annoyances? I know there's nobody like this in this church, but I've heard of folk that get annoyed when people who worship, uh, how shall I say, in an unorthodox manner, disturbs them, and they can't wait for them to quiet down. Have you forgotten what it was like? Donna's not forgotten because she reminded me again 35 years ago when she received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Still remember, I happened to be preaching that day. It was God that filled her, not me. But I'm going to tell you right now, remember when you didn't know the rules. Remember when you'd shout you didn't have the perfect form. Remember when you tried to run around the building with your eyes closed and almost knocked somebody over? Thank God you learned to open your eyes. Don't stop running. Just keep your eyes open, praise God. Oh, I don't want to forget, amen, the touches along the way that kept me from falling away from this precious, life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ. It's okay to be new again every once in a while. And so, in every, in every great nation, there are port cities 
that make that nation the great nation that it is. Those of you that have ever been to the coastal areas that have ports understand how the accumulation of population, enterprise, and industry, transportation gather at these access points. And where there are no access points for ships and for carriers of goods, you'll have wilderness or you'll have sparse uh, small towns along the coastline because there needs to be a getting. In order to something to happen big, you got to get a getting in place. And I want to say this. This church is spreading a wide net. And if you think this is the sum total of all that God has in store, think again. I feel like God is expanding the getting in place. I want to be a doorkeeper because I want to share in the joy with the next man, woman, or young person that receives the baptism of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. So in a great nation, there are ports of entry, then there are interior spaces. So it is in a great house. The Bible says that the church is a great house, and there are some vessels of gold and some of silver and some of wood. But in another sense, uh, you know, every house that I know of has a door. Unless you're a cat burglar, then I suppose all you're interested in is, is windows. Well, we have a couple of dogs at the old homestead. I don't know if every dog is like this. Every dog I've ever owned is like this. They got their ears tuned to the front door. And you so much as hear a doorbell ring, and here they come. I don't know what, the, what ours would do if real danger showed up. I think they'd probably jump in our faces and then block us from being able to defend ourselves. But I know this. One of our dogs, if the door's wide open and there's nobody there and I ring the bell, he goes to town. Woo, 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 woo. Like he's ready to take on the devil. The other one has a slight bit of ADD. He goes outside and he forgets to come back. <laughs> and he doesn't answer to his name, but he answers to the doorbell. So if I ring the doorbell, here he comes right out of the bushes. Where are they? Where are they? I, I, I wish you could understand me. They are you. <laughs> oh, I want to be a doorkeeper because when the doorbell rings at the house of God, I'm going to tell you there are times you're ready to get in your car, but all of a sudden the doorbell will ring at the altar and something, the hackles come up on the back of your neck and something tells you somebody's out and you come back in here because you, you want to be there, amen, when the port of glory opens and somebody is baptized with the power of the Holy Ghost. I feel like somebody is going to be a candidate to receive the Holy Ghost today. Do you feel it? If you feel it, give the Lord some praise. Jacob was old and dying and he wanted to bless uh, his sons. And so, um, or 
Rather, it was his daddy uh, was dying and wanted to bless Jacob. Well, he wanted to transfer the first blessing to Esau. But Jacob, you know, put on the disguise and came in there and his daddy was, was blind and couldn't really see. And so he faked daddy out and got the blessing of the firstborn. But let me tell you something. There are no shortcuts to the kingdom of God. God wants to bless it. I want to establish this one thing. God wants each and every one of you to be blessed to the fullest of your capacity to handle it, okay? He wants you blessed when you wake up in the morning. He wants you blessed when you lay down at night. He wants you blessed in the midnight hour of crisis. He wants you blessed in your youth, blessed in your old age and everything in between. But he, but the, here's the deal. Jacob was blessed before he got a good relationship with the blessor. So let's establish this. More important than what God can do is who God is. So what does God do? He fixes Jacob up with an appointment in his future. And that is out in the waste barren wilderness, running for his life from an angry brother whose birthright he had stolen. He sees a vision in the night and the heavens are open and the angels of God are ascending and descending. And Jacob says, this is none other than the house of God and the gate to heaven. More important than the birthright, give being given the birthright, is learning a, a relationship with the birthright giver. And where does he introduce, where does he get introduced to this great God of the universe? At the gate of heaven. This is a God of the gates. This is a God who meets us at the gates. This is a God who has access points. This is a God that if you'll put yourself in the right place, place and in the right disposition and in the right spirit. Amen. Heaven will open up and the glory of God will baptize you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Does anybody want to position yourself to get under the spout where the glory comes out so that you can be there when it starts to happen? He's the God of the gates. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. I want to be a doorkeeper because I need another blessing from the Lord. And the latch to this door opens from the inside. And Jesus said, I stand at that door. And if you will open the door, I will come in to the church. Hallelujah. He's standing on the outside of the church. All he needs is one doorkeeper to say, that's it. I need a touch of God, and I need a touch of God right now. And the next thing you know, there's a sweep of the Holy Ghost that moves, amen, from right to left, from north to south, from east to west, and everybody's blessed. And so I offer you a... Uh, interactive, I'm uh, calling it an interactive poem by Samuel Moore Shoemaker called I Stand at the Door. What I mean by interactive is I'm going to interrupt myself and go to preaching anytime I feel like it. 
So the poem says, I stand by the door. I stand by the door, neither I go, neither go too far in, nor stay too far out. The door is the most important door in the world. It's the door through which people walk when they find God. There is no use my going way inside and staying there when so many are still outside and they, as much as I, crave to know where the door is. I'm a doorkeeper today because I've learned to enjoy the best of both worlds. What I mean by that is it's awesome to go deep into God. It's awesome to take prayer hours, fast days, night shifts, prayer chains, intercessions, and groanings which cannot be uttered. But we do ourselves a great injustice if in digging deep and and, and embedding ourselves deep into the inner chambers of God's house, we forget our relationship with the getting in place. I want to be a doorkeeper because I want to get excited about the things heaven gets excited about. Last time I checked, angels go to rejoicing when one sinner repents of their sins and makes their way back to God. So from the depths of the Holy of Holies, I want to have one hand out yonder where the brand new are being baptized with the Holy Ghost and repenting of their sins so that I can be excited about the things that heaven is excited about. And all that so many ever find is there only a wall where a door ought to be? They creep along the wall like blind men with outstretched groping hands, feeling for a door, knowing there must be a door, yet they never find it. I want to be a doorkeeper to prevent walls from rising up where doors need to be. Amen. The church house ought to be the most perforated institution on planet earth. By perforated, I mean there ought to be places to get in from every angle into this church family. I want to be a doorkeeper so that if someone meets up with someone who sets up a wall, I'll be there with an open door saying, you can come in right here. You can come into my circle of fellowship. You can come into my prayer meeting. You can come into my, uh, my uh, sense of relationship and friendship. Oh, I want to be a doorkeeper because we can't have walls where God wants doors. He said, I looked around for a man who would stand in the gap, and I wasn't able to find any. Oftentimes we think of the gap stander as the one that stands in the breach in the wall to prevent the enemy from getting in. And sometimes that's what we do. But sometimes God doesn't want every breach bricked in because there's got to be access points. Oh, God. I'm going to tell you why I'm here today to play my part and present to you an access point. That something could be said or done in the course of this message that would give you a hope that there is help for you and your life in this altar in just a few minutes. 
I want to be a doorkeeper because I want to be able to say to every man, woman, and child, anywhere, anytime, there is a God who's ready to receive you if you'll just give him a chance. The most important thing any person can do is to take hold of one of those blind, groping hands and put it on the latch, the latch that only clicks and opens to the person's own touch. I want to be a doorkeeper because I want to help other people find what I found. What kind of a relationship? I, I know, no, I'm not just, I got musicians. Everyone in my family is a musician, seems like, except me. But any of you that's ever wanted to learn a secret from a musician sometime, you ever see them try to hide the, they do something really, you go, whoo, what's that? Show me that. I don't ever want to think that this secret place of the most high that I have managed to find, not by my own goodness, but by the grace of God, that I should ever withhold the key to some other human being who's desperate to find what I have found. I want to be a doorkeeper because the only way I can keep what I got is give it away to somebody else who wants it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here's what I learned. If you want the Holy Ghost, just believe in Jesus and repent of your sins and be water baptized in Jesus' name. And God will fill you with the Holy Ghost and fire. If you believe that, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. I stand by the door. Go in, great saints. Go all the way in. Go down into the cavernous cellars and way up into the spacious attic. It is a vast, roomy house, this house where God is. Go into the deepest, hidden casements of withdrawal, of silence, and of sainthood. But some of us, Though they must inhabit the inner rooms, I know the depth and the heights of God and the call outside to the rest of us. How wonderful it is. Sometimes, after I take a deep look inside, I want to go back and be a doorkeeper because a relationship is God, with God is exactly that. It is a relationship. And a relationship is uh, relating to variables. And we can go deep in God. And guess what happens when we go deep in God? We get a revelation of how the world out yonder needs us too. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Not that he would enter into the holy of holies and hide behind a, a curtain that can't be torn. Oh no, that he could be thrown out into the thick of struggling humankind. He would go away to the mountain to pray all night. But then he would release his gifts into the masses of those that need him. I'm here to tell you, if you think you're not good enough to be a part of the church, none of us are. If you think that the church is only for perfect people, you're wrong. 
What I'm here to tell you is the reason why we pray, the reason why we sing, the reason why we sacrifice, the reason why we fast, the reason why we adhere to the Bible is to create a context where you can get in. Come on and get in. Come on and let go. Come on and join the party. Hallelujah. That's, that's, what, it's, that's what it's all about. There's another reason why I stand at the door. Some people get part way in and become afraid. Lest God and the zeal of his house should devour them. And these people feel a, claustric, a, a cosmic claustrophobia and want to get out. I want to be a doorkeeper so that I can dissuade the fear and let them know we're not as crazy as we look sometimes. We're no more crazy than the fans at the Super Bowl get when their team scores a touchdown. We're no more crazy than the folks at March Madness that carry on about a ball going through a hoop. I mean, they made a big deal about this basketball player that blew out of his tennis shoe. I mean, that's a bad deal. He got hurt. I grew up wearing tennis shoes looked like Donald Duck. The bottoms flapped everywhere I went. Nobody made a big news story about that. That was just a way of life. Oh, I want to be a doorkeeper so that fear ever pervade the face and the countenance of somebody. Somebody needs to be there to say, it's going to be okay. This is God. The other day we were praying a mother through to the Holy Ghost and a little maybe eight, six or eight year old girl, first time in church, burst out in tears, worrying about her mama. So either Savannah or my wife or both of them grabbed that little baby in their arms and you know what they were doing? Being doorkeepers, saying, don't be afraid. This isn't a bad thing happening to mama. This is a good thing. Every teenager ought to pray for your mom and dad. They get so baptized in the Holy Ghost, they can't whip you as hard no more. I want to be a doorkeeper so I can be aware of what God's doing in the house. I want to be a doorkeeper because a doorkeeper doesn't just have their sights set on their own selves. You know, in all this danger about um, um, gunmen coming into public places and doing bad things in schools and public buildings and places and synagogues, only one time was I ever concerned. It was on a Sunday morning, and somebody walked in through the back door, and they sat down, and uh, they had just the strangest look on their face. So I thought, okay, I'm going to test to see if, if their motives are good, if, they're, if, if everything's in order psychologically there. So I told something funny, and they didn't laugh. <laughs> Boy, that's a bad sign when the preacher tries to be funny and nobody laughs. So I had an off-duty police officer in the church, so I pulled out my phone, and I text. I said, I said Andrew, back row, middle aisle. Guy comes in with a gym bag. He didn't laugh. Keep your eye on him. It's a good thing y'all are laughing because Ed's probably packing heat over here. I could say, Ed, oh, they didn't laugh. 
So he kept his eye on him the whole time. After the service, I come to find out that he was one of the boys raised in the church and gotten so far out in sin that it just affected his personality. And, and uh, he was no harm, no harm, uh, no, no foul, no harm. But I want to tell you something. Sometimes we need to be aware of people, but all the time we need to be aware of spirits. Satan has come to kill and to steal and to destroy. I want to be a doorkeeper. So when I discover that the enemy is up to no good and he's jumped on some good saint's shoulder or some first time visitor has become distracted in their spirit because the devil told them you don't fit here. This this church is for good people. Let me settle that right here and now. This church isn't for good people. This church is for alcoholics drug addicts, prostitutes, crackheads, ex-cons. It's for anybody and everybody who wants a new life. I want to be a doorkeeper so I can see God change your life. And when a good child of God or a young person raised in the church suddenly loses the glow, I want to be a doorkeeper. So before they get out of this church, they're going to have to come through me. Is there anybody here willing to put up a fight for the next generation? Or are you just going to let them slip right on out? Is there a father? Is there a mama? Is there a Sunday school teacher? Is there a youth director? Is there a choir member? I said, ha, ah, before you get out of here, you're going to have to come past me, Bye-bye. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, someone. I want to be a doorkeeper so when they get discouraged, I'll be right there to remind them. You've crossed too many rivers. You've cried too many tears. You've scaled too many mountains. You've prayed too many prayers. Get back in there and live for God. Oh, come on, somebody. Praise him. feel like I got some doorkeepers here. Hallelujah. I want to be a doorkeeper because I want to be where God's. I want to be where God initiates the move. In the earthquake world, they call it the epicenter, right? Not enough just to know you had an earthquake. The scientists want to find out where it's point of origin. And they might be miles in the bottom of the sea. And somehow they have sensitive sophisticated scientific instruments where they can locate the epicenter. I want to be a doorkeeper because I want to be right there at the access point. I want to be, I want to be there and sense God is about to do something in this place. I want to be a doorkeeper because if you're a doorkeeper and you're one of the first to sense God's about to move, you're one of the first to move. Some of us, if we worship like they did in the New Testament, we'd cancel our gym memberships. Matter of fact, there was a time or two in our lives where you did a week's worth of cardio in 30 seconds. You say, when did I ever do a week's worth of cardio in 30 seconds? When you walked into a spider web. (laughs) 
I want to be a doorkeeper. So when the presence of God moves, it's like it's like wind blowing in the tops of the mulberry tree. And you know, oh, look at there. God's about to do a work in the house because there's some sensitive ones that are already picking up the signal. Oh, I feel the signal. I'd rather be a doorkeeper. A day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. Oh, yeah. You talk about time dilation in science fiction novels. Only time dilation I know anything about is what happens when you get in the presence of God. That's when time can be compressed. One day in your one one day in your presence is better than a thousand. I did a little calculation in the prayer room. The average American lives about uh, thirty thousand days. Now I bummed you all out. <laughs> but the Bible says one day in your courts is better than a thousand. First of all, if you use that mathematical equivalent, that that means just today can make up for three and a half years a mess. Those of you that never studied in high school, you can make up for it today. (laughs) Those of you that did a stand of time down at the big house, you can make up for it today. Those of you husband and wives that hadn't spoke to each other in three and a half years, you can make up for it today. Come on, those of you that have been slow on repenting and you've been gathering up your indictments against you, you can make a, the beauty of it is the God that I know. This is why you need to be a doorkeeper. This is why you need to access God because a day in your court is better than a thousand. And the God that we serve can restore the years that the canker worm has eaten. Only God can take the wasted parts of our lives and then when he's finished moving in our lives, we can look back over the whole thing and say, it is good for me, amen, that I have found the Lord because look at what the Lord has done. I gave him mistakes. He gave me glory. I gave him failures. He gave me forgiveness. I gave him criticisms. He gave me love. I gave him hate. He gave me grace. Oh, let's get in his presence. Let's lift our hands in his presence. Let's magnify him in his presence. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. My God, if you're in a parade and you're watching the parade goodbye, all you have is a curbside view of the parade. Oh, here comes the trumpet players. Oh, here comes the drum players. Oh, here comes the baton twirlers. That's the way life is for most of us. Just this linear thing. All we can see is what's right out in front of us. This is why you need to get in his presence. Getting in God's presence is like going to a parade and having a helicopter pilot invite you on board. Next thing you know, you rise above the buildings and you look down and you get to see the parade from start to finish, front to back, all at the same time. 
What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say this. You think you know what life is? You don't know what life is until you're living it for Jesus Christ. When you just live life on your own terms, all you got is this grit in your face. But if you can get in the presence of God, he can take you above the shadows of pain and sorrow and distress and the limits of our own abilities and talents. And we can look down and we can say, oh, God's been good to me. Clap your hands unto the Lord. He's good to you. Only in the church can you experience tomorrow, today. Only in the church can God. He says, I know the plans I have for you. They are plans to bless you and to give you hope and a future. I want to be a doorkeeper because I want access to the presence of God so God can give me a future. Lift your hands right now. Somebody needs a future. Someone feels like so much time has been wasted, so many mistakes have been made, so much water under the bridge. I don't have much of a future. Can I tell you about a God who can open your future before you? I want the musicians to come. Isaiah said, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And the angels were shouting one to the other, holy, holy, holy. And at the sound, of their voices and at the sound of the voice of God, it said, as the smoke filled the temple, the post of the door moved. Let me tell you why I want to be a doorkeeper, because I want to be near where stuff starts moving. I don't want to be where nothing happens. I want to be where the action's at. And it was at the door of the temple that when the Spirit of God did its work that the post of the door moved. Somebody needs to know in the Holy Ghost that God will move the doorpost for you. I preached a heartbreaking funeral a few, maybe a year or so ago about a young woman who was raised in church, got away from God, and, you know, some people thought that maybe she'd gone so far that there was no coming back. But God showed me a scripture there about Samson, and though Samson had wasted much of his life, in that last breath, he prayed a prayer, said, God, just this once. How many prayers does it take for a person as they're exiting this world into the other to get God's attention? I say just one. And so I told a story about a, an old rascal that was a drinker and a gambler and a chaser. And back in the day, churches would have Christian burial grounds and unbeliever burial grounds. And unless you had a recommendation from a local church that you were a church member in good standing, you couldn't be buried in the Christian cemetery. You'd be put on the other side of the fence where all the heathen were buried. And so one old boy visited this 
small town where some relative of his was known as the town drunk and so forth and was buried outside the funeral, uh, outside the, uh, the uh, cemetery fence. And so he went off the perimeter of the cemetery where he knew that his old uncle or cousin or whoever was buried couldn't find his marker plate. So he went to the office and he said, hey, I'm looking for so-and-so's burial uh, site. I, I know he was buried outside of the cemetery because he was a rascal. He was an unbeliever. He said, oh, yeah, I know where he's buried. It's right over here. He walked him up there and said, but he's on this side of the fence. He said, yeah, the bishop decided he's going to move the fence and let him in. Oh, all I can say this morning is I can't keep you out. She can't keep you out. He can't keep you out. He can't keep you out. This church can't keep you out. If God wants to move the door for you, he'll move the door and let you in. I want to preach that somebody's been keeping yourself out. You let your own failures keep you out. You let your own dialogue keep you out. I want to tell you in the Holy Ghost, uh, God will move heaven and earth to get you in. Would you let God get you in? Would you let God set you free? Will you let God change your life? Let's stand together. Come on, let's stand together. I feel the post of the door. I feel like God is wanting someone to know you can get in. I want to talk to a saint. Prayed all your life. Live for God all your life. You have a big need and nothing's happening. I want you to know something. The post of the door about to move. Hallelujah. And if you think your prayers have gone unanswered, they haven't gone unanswered. God's gathering them all up. And oh, when the answer comes, is it going to be an earth shaker? Praise God. What is it about some of us? You tell Christopher Reeves he'll never walk again. What does he do? He gets on some somebody that's been in an accident and they'll never do something that they've always done maybe climb Mount Everest what do you do next year you see him with artificial limbs what happened to your feet lost in a frostbite what are you doing up here can't lose them now and then the devil comes along and says boo to someone in the church and tells you you can't make it and what do you do you throw up the white flag of surrender and you give up this ain't no time to be given up are there any doorkeepers in this church that can lift your hand and say listen if God can let me in he'll let you in Anybody that's been saved from something, man, you know you have. Why don't you come up here and show the rest of us, if God let you in, he'll let them in. Come on. We probably have former alcoholics, drug pushers, crack sniffers. I don't know. Maybe some ex-cons. Who knows? It really doesn't matter. What really matters is if he can do it for them, he can do it for you. And so now... The doors are open. The windows are thrown wide. If you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost, come and join us. Come and join us. Come and join us.
If you want to speak with other tongues as the Holy Ghost gives the utterance, come close, lift your hands. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, Ramasatalaba. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house. Somebody opened a door and let God in. In the name of Jesus, reach over to someone near you and pray with them. Be a doorkeeper. Pray that the heavens would open and that the glory of God would descend on somebody today. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Oh, children can get the Holy Ghost. Young people can get the Holy Ghost. Tough guys can get the Holy Ghost. Housewives can get the Holy Ghost. Open, open, open. The posts are moving. God's letting somebody in. They didn't think we could get Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to support our efforts, text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come worship with us.